The following is a production of Gearhead Media. All right, welcome back to another episode of your favorite all automotive podcast. I'm your host, Matt Clausen. And today, today we're talking about my trip to London. Yes, we went to London. It was a great trip. We were there for seven days. And boy, what a difference in the automotive industry from the United States to over in the UK. Um, We stayed right downtown London, and our hotel was within walking distance from a lot of places, specifically the Tube, which we did take, and I can tell you about that maybe later on in the show. But what I wanted to talk about was, man, what the difference in the cars from here to there um, just significantly different. And, you know, like you all know, I've told you this before, I live in Michigan, so I'm in the heart of the American automakers backyard, basically. So General Motors, Ford, Chrysler. Okay. So, but you start looking at Chrysler now and, and their half of their stuff is Stellantis. So the parent company for, for Chrysler now is, is a company called Stellantis and they actually have a lot of vehicles and under their umbrella is some French automakers. Uh, one of them specifically Citroen, which you cannot get one of those vehicles when in America, unfortunately, and they got some pretty cool cars. So if you get the opportunity um, and you want to peruse the internet and you want to go to their website, it's Citroen.co.uk, and then you can look at their available models. And I ran into a few of these uh, out and about when we went to all of our day trips that we took. So... Um, and specifically, one of the ones that we did run into was uh, the model, the C5X. Um, and it's a pretty cool vehicle. It kind of reminds me of that Buick wagon that they've got now, the Regal wagon. Um, but it's a two-part hybrid, or you can get it in a full electric uh, unit as well. Um, and then I have a couple other models, which are pretty cool. Um, they got an e-delivery vehicle, which is very important around there. If you're in a big inner city and you're using electric uh, vehicles or you're driving around a lot, uh, you save a lot of money on fuel, but you're, you know, obviously going to spend that on electricity, but um, they have like a little delivery vehicle, which is very similar to the Ford transit. If you're familiar with the delivery vehicles and they got some crossovers look like um, Ford escape Mazda kind of looks like, uh, some of the Mazda crossovers to me. But again, this is under the umbrella of Stellantis. And I can read, you know, from the Wikipedia page if you really want me to. Um, so that's Alfa Romeo, Chrysler, which is Dodge, Jeep, Ram trucks, and Chrysler vehicles, obviously. And then Citroen, Fiat, because Fiat's part of Chrysler. Fiat Professional, Lancia, Maserati, I didn't know that either, uh, and Opel, and Peugeot, another French automaker, which we've seen a lot of these. And again, another unfortunate situation with their car company is Peugeot's are no longer made in America or no longer sold in America, um, but they had some pretty cool ones over there as well. Um, and I was on their website too, and it's it's really cool. Um They've got, most of their stuff is 
two-part hybrids. They have engines as well as the electric motors, which the engines will regenerate the battery that uses up energy when you come to a stop. The engine shuts off, and if the energy's there, it uses the electricity until it needs the gasoline engine to run. Um, They're 2008, the 3008. These are um, crossover-type vehicles, very similar to Ford Explorer, Chevrolet Traverse, those kind of size vehicles, but they look really cool. So another website that you want to go to is peugeot.co.uk. So it's P-E-U-G-E-O-T dot C-O dot U-K because all the websites that are specific to the United Kingdom are dot C-O dot U-K. So again, another American travesty that we don't have Peugeots in, in America. They're they're very cool looking, and I, I'm looking on their website, and the, I'm specifically looking at the 3008 model, and they've got some really cool um, things going on with this vehicle as far as how the display looks and how the, the shifter assembly works, and and the, you know they're all into these larger touch screens, and all a lot of vehicles are going to larger touch screens, which reminds me of basically having like an iPad in your car, so. Um, again, it's a nice, nice vehicle. If you get the opportunity to look up Peugeot. So what struck me as really strange over there, and I knew there would be some different vehicles, but this whole seven day trip, I did not see, but two. So the whole seven day trip, I only saw two General Motors vehicles. One was a GMC Sierra and the other one wasn't, older Chevy truck that some guy had um, restored and was driving it around. And it was actually driving alongside the tour bus as we were down downtown by the parliament and by uh, the big clock, big Ben down there. So he come driving by and that's literally the only two general motors vehicles that I saw the entire seven days. So the difference in between where I come from and what what's over there was just a, complete eye opener for me and and you know if if you have the opportunity to get to London and and experience that I do recommend it so so again getting back to my story as far as what the differences are you know again we only saw, I only saw two General Motors vehicles so as far as the Ford vehicles I did see a couple um and they were uh, pretty much like the Ford C-Max and the other one I saw, and we happened to be, we took a day trip to Oxford and Oxford University. And we um, drove around that town or, or got to that town. We were on a tour bus. So we did a lot of walking. And we walked through all the six colleges that make up Oxford University. And um, we got to um, a courtyard in one of the places in Oxford University, and they happen to be shooting a show uh, that's popular in the UK um, that our tour guide really knew what that was. And over on the side, that was I think this was a prop um, because we saw a old Ford Cortana GXL, and it was a two-door. It was a right-hand drive. It was a really cool-looking vehicle. Um, and I want to say it was like a 68. 
And this was really cool. I took a bunch of pictures of this. And if, if I get the opportunity, I will post them up on my, um, on my Facebook page and, uh, or on Instagram, if you follow me on that as well. So, and I'll give you those, I'll give you those links to my social media sites, uh, at the end of the podcast. But yeah, that was a really cool vehicle. And again, for as, as far as American made or American cars like Ford, GM and Chrysler, you know, and I'll use Chrysler as, has always been an American vehicle, but now it's under a huge umbrella that's got, you know, several different model um, brands and models and so forth. So the other Ford that we saw was the famous Ford 1962 Ford Anglia. And if you're a Harry Potter fan, you've, you know what this vehicle is. This vehicle was the, uh, vehicle that was in the opening scene of of the Chamber of Secrets where Ron took takes the enchanted caw um, to rescue Harry uh, from the Dursleys. And um, it was a it was while we were at the uh, Universal Studios where they actually made a lot of the Harry Potter movie and there were a lot of props so we actually went to the took a tour of the Harry Potter um thing over there so that was really cool but it was a prop it was an actual car there's actual ones out there it's a 1962 Ford Anglia 105E and it gets its popularity from the Chamber of Secrets so again not not very many uh, American cars and I don't I don't know if I really saw a Chrysler vehicle over there or a Dodge or anything like that per se um you know, I'd say the majority of the vehicles that I saw were, you know, German cars were really, really, really out there, popular. Um, I, I believe Mercedes and Volkswagen were literally at the top of the list of how many different cars that I saw. I couldn't take pictures of all of them, um, but, you know, Mercedes and the German cars were very prominent. There was lots of those running around. So another car brand that I saw quite a few of was Renault. And as you know, Renault is partially owned or merged a little bit with Nissan. So they're getting, getting help and funding from them. And they rebadged themselves or rebranded themselves in F1 as Alpine. So that's a new uh, brand of the Renault group. So that's their F1 team is now Alpine. But the Renaults are, are pretty cool. I mean, they haven't been in the United States since 1992, and we all know what that one was, uh, the Eagle Premier. So, and it was dropped by Chrysler, so that, that's when they left. So, and again, nowadays it's a shame that a lot of these companies aren't in America to, to bring their sophisticated automobiles to here as well. And what I've seen a lot of was, um, all of these manufacturers, and I've, I've visited all their websites, and I looked at all, did all this research before I started the podcast, and they all have electric hybrids, or they have full electric vehicles, which is which is great because they're saving the not only the emissions but the fuel, and 
according to my calculations, they use the metric system over there. So I had to do, had to do some math. Um, their fuel is, was one ninety nine a liter. So there's roughly four, four liters in a gallon or a little bit less than four liters in a gallon. So do the math, two, four, six, eight, it's eight bucks a gallon over there. So we thought we had it bad around $5, $6 in the America here over in the United States. It's uh, a little bit difficult over there to keep your car moving if you don't have some sort of alternative way to, to lessen that expense or keep your vehicle running. We will be back after a short break. Hey everybody, Matt here. Wanted to take a minute to talk about our main sponsor, GeForce Automotive. Did you know that they're a certified service center through AutoValue? What does that get you, you say? Well, that gets you three years or 36,000 mile warranty on select repairs. Want to know more about that? Visit their website at www.geforceautomotive.net. Click on that banner that says make an appointment and make your appointment today. We're proud to have them on board as the main sponsor of the All Automotive Podcast. So now let's get back to it. More of the All Automotive Podcast. So again, getting back to the Renault, uh, there was there was several of them. They got um, these cool SUVs. They have little cars. And what I mean by little cars, you know, Ford Festiva or Ford Focus size cars or the General Motors cars, I can kind of comparable them to would be the, the Captiva or uh, the Buick Encore. Oh, the little SUVs. And they do, you know, they do have sedans and they've got some really cool uh, sport utility vehicles as well. Um, but Renault, you know, it's a shame that a lot of these companies, again, aren't in America um, so that we can go buy them. Because I was really impressed with the Peugeots, to be quite honest with you. I thought that vehicle was really cool. So one of the things that struck me as kind of interesting as well over in London was the London Cab Company. And if you Google this and you can come up, you'll look at these little black taxis. If you watch the BBC and you watch the shows that are on the BBC, they've got these little black taxis that run around. So the London Cab Company has partnered with a company in China and they now have 2,500 um electric, all electric black cabs. And it's specific to them. And they have these taxi cabs. And I, I, we were waiting for the crosswalk. We were walking to dinner one night and we were waiting for the crosswalk to allow us to walk across the street. And, you know, the black taxi was sitting there and I'm just like, I'm trying to listen. I couldn't hear, you know, and it's noisy in, in London 
already. So it was, uh, it was sitting there at the light and we walked across and got to the other side and then the light turned green for them. And, you know, it sounded like a golf cart. The way it went, you know, no, no tailpipes, no nothing. It's full electric. I didn't get a chance to hail one of those taxi cabs and actually talk to the taxi cab driver. I did want to just to see how long the, um, the, the battery lasts before they've got to recharge it. But I thought that was really cool that they, they partnered with uh, this company in, in China. And this, this company gave them, according to this article I read, um, 500 million pounds to invest in this. And they've saved um, 850,000 liters of fuel because of it. So if that doesn't make the supply go up so the price will come down, I don't know what will. And these taxis, the older ones, are, are running on gas as well, but um, the electric ones were just really cool and slick looking. Um, and if you look it up, you can see what I'm talking about. They they kind of fit the design, and, and they're very similar to what they look like back in the day. And... And they're really cool. It looked like I was trying to get a peek inside to see what the driver um, compartment looked like and what the uh, instrument panel and so forth looked like for the driver. But I'm pretty pretty sure it's pretty simple. It's just a taxi cab, and they didn't want to be too awful sophisticated with it to uh, drag down the power. But I would imagine if 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 I would guess at it, and I might be able to look this up and and tell you on the next podcast or give you an update on my social media of how long that these babies last on a full charge. I would assume that they would go at least four hours in, in pretty tough traffic and driving around. And I would imagine that a company like this wouldn't be ignorant about how, what would happen if, if one of them dies in the middle of the street, what's the rescue prog, uh, procedure and if that happens is there a backup or some sort or or do they have remote charging places uh, along along the way and there are several businesses out there that do have electronic charging ports uh, alongside the road and that's just it they've got it there they can stop turn their light off recharge it they're off the clock for roughly an hour or so and they're back on the road not burning gas, burning electricity. So, and there are hundreds of these over there. I could not even keep up with them. I mean, there was more, uh, just about as many as those black taxis, those taxi cabs that run around there, as there are double-decker red buses. And I've seen a lot of those too, and we did get an opportunity to ride on one of those. On the top level, no less. So why would you go all the way to England to ride on the bottom? Um, the double decker bus was really cool, and that experience was was rather neat too. So, because we got on a double decker bus after we got off the train the day we went to do the Harry Potter tour at the Universal Studios, we took the took the public transportation, which over there they call the tube, and that's really cool, and that's a, a awesome experience if 
I've I've had any in any subway system in America. I've I've experienced Boston. I've experienced uh, New York City, um, and I I want to say that the English have this kind of figured out because you go into the subway station or the tube, and you go down these massively steep escalator down to the bottom, and then you just look to see what train that you runs through the station that you're at. And if you take that to another station, whether it's two or three to the west or two or three to the east, then you can pick up some of the tubes that go north and south. And they've got a map, and it looks pretty funky, if you will. But we were on the one. Our hotel was located within two blocks of one of the tube entrances, and this one went east and west. So... The one night we were trying to get to the London Eye. And if that's something that you've not experienced, I do recommend that as well. So the London Eye is the big Ferris wheel that you see on the James Bond movies and and, uh, some of the British shows that they show on the BBC. So anyway, we had had 6 o'clock appointment or we had bought tickets to ride it at 6 o'clock p.m. So... We got back from our tour. We asked the concierge where to get the, the tube, and he told us. We went down there, and it's like if you have Apple Pay on your phone, that is just perfect. And that's what he told us is you have, like, do you have your credit card stored on your phone or Google Pay or Apple Pay? You can just click your button, and so that's how you pay. So you come up, and it's like a, a gate, and you don't put money in it. You don't you double-click your Apple and I've got an Apple phone, so I double click it and the doors open. You go in, and again you go down this big old long escalator, and it's really steep. It's really, it was really kind of funny. You felt like you're falling forward. Anyway, um, that that was really cool. We took the took the train two stops to the west, and then we got the train that went north and south, and we took that all the way to, um, basically down to Parliament, and then we walked across the Thames River on the bridge across the Thames River and then we went down alongside the Thames River and it was just a complete party of restaurants and outside activities and there was all kinds of things to do and then there was a humongous line to get on the the London Eye and you know it's a huge Ferris wheel and then you this thing's coming around they open the doors and you get on it while it's moving it was very it was very intimidating at first but you know, you, you jump on and then you're on and it's like, is this the the ride at Cedar Point? <laughs> but anyway, that was a good experience. It takes you all the way to the top and then somebody must have had a problem uh, loading or they had some person that was handicapped or something. So it stopped uh, all the way at the top and it was a little, eh, <laughs> you know, the cart's moving back and forth and you're swinging and, you know, you're... 500 feet in the air over the Thames River. So got a lot of pictures, cool pictures from that. Um, that was really cool. But they're, you know, the tube, uh, they got that figured out as far as getting into it, paying for it. So you pay for it just like you would pay for a hot dog and a beer at the Detroit Tigers game. It's all touchless. You, you, you know, push the button on your phone, activate that, and away you go. So that was really cool, experiencing the tube.
So another thing that I thought was really interesting while we were over in London was the enormous amount of taxi cabs that were floating around. And aside from the London Cab Company, which is, you know, those world-famous black taxis and been in service since the, you know, early 50s, late 40s, early 50s, those are all over the place. And those were, those are now like, um, the, the more recent ones are, are diesel and they seat six people, I believe. Um, so this, this company called the London EV company, which is under the wing of the Chinese automaker Geely, uh, they got together and made a very similar looking black taxi. And it look and it it's really slick looking. I seen a few of them on the streets and I was up close to one uh while we were waiting for the crosswalk to change uh when we were going to dinner one night. And it is. It's it's like it's fully electric. However, it has a three cylinder, one point five liter uh gas engine or petrol, they call it over there, petrol engine, which is just a generator. It recharges the battery. So it's it's intended range is 80 miles, fully EV. And then the rest of that is 320 miles um, boosted or, or recharged with that um, petrol or gas engine. So it's... It's kind of really unique, and and Geely owns Volvo, so a lot of the pieces and parts come from the Volvo, but it's very unique in how they made it. So they decided that since the average mile per hour in downtown London is between 8 and 15 miles an hour, that, you know, the 80 miles, is that's a lot. I mean, if you're not going very far and... And think about a taxi cab ride that you have. You you don't want to spend a whole lot of money, so you, you don't go very far with them or you you don't have have them take you very far because you don't want to spare the expense. So what they do, and this this vehicle is very, very uniquely made. So they've got the, the battery that's under the driver's side, under the driver's floor area. And then in the back... It's it seats six people very comfortably with seats that fold down. Um, it's also has the ability to take um, a person that's in a wheelchair, and then they can sit facing forward. Uh, it's got a panoramic roof, so if you happen to do go by some of the landmarks, and you're on a taxi cab ride from one place to the next, um, you know you can look out and see Big Ben without having to roll the window down and stick your head out the window. So. It does have the back door is is what we used to call a suicide door, which meets at the center B pillar and opens up towards the rear vehicle, rear of the vehicle. And it's really interesting how they incorporated the technology. It's got USB ports all over in the back so that if, you know, you obviously we're all working on our cell phones more than we should. And, you know, the battery lives on them aren't, aren't the greatest sometimes. And a lot of us find ourselves in the need of a, a, a charger and, and what a better time to charge your phone and, and a taxi cab ride from 
Heathrow Airport. Now, these things can go that far. There's no doubt they leave downtown London and they can drive themselves all the way to to uh, Heathrow Airport and back and pick up people and drop them off and, and go sit somewhere for an hour while they're on their lunch and recharge the battery and, and go for another 80 miles. So now, mind you, this engine that's under this hood, the, the, the three-cylinder 1.5-liter engine, all it is is a generator. It's not hooked to the wheels at all. So all its purpose in life is just to be a generator like the one that's on your travel trailer or in your camper or in your in your barn that you use when the electricity goes out at your house and you fire stuff up well, with this electronic uh, gas power generator. So that's really cool. And then the, uh, all the, the motors and stuff, it's, uh, it's rear-motored and... Those have uh, what's it got a 120 kilowatt motor, which is is decent for something like that because it's got to carry some some uh, people around, and you know the driver it, the driver functions, and it's got its own little tablet, and then you can Bluetooth to your phone. It's like any kind of luxury car that you would have in America that takes your telephone you can use your telephone bluetooth you can also use the onboard gps to punch in the location to start the fare and away you go and the driver can look at the the gps and not get himself lost so and i don't think a lot, a lot of those cab drivers would get themselves lost however it's it's there if need be and then it does have regenerative braking so what happens there is they can set it to three different modes. Zero is there's no braking when they let off the accelerator. It coasts, or they can set it to medium or full or or lot. So when you let off, the electric motor will slow the vehicle down so that you don't have to hit the brakes, and it also regenerates power for the battery. So which is kind of cool. So they've thought of a lot of different things, and the idea was is that they head out in the morning for their morning excursions and they run run the vehicle that 80 miles or so on the fully EV and then that engine has to kick in and, and run. But the cost savings for them and because it's a, a big deal in London, they're focused on it quite a bit and I thought they were really focused on on reducing emissions more so than they are in the United States. And maybe maybe we are close to them, but they're in nowhere near what 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 England is doing as in regards to um, the CO2 emissions, the, the nitrous oxide emissions, NOx, NOx. Um, that's the chemical that comes out of the tailpipe that creates the smog if you will like you see in LA and some of the bigger cities that have that issue so according to this article I read they reduced the NOx emissions 99% by having this vehicle with the EV ability now it's not completely EV so it does emit 
you know, carbon monoxide and dioxide and nitrous oxide, but um, with the engine being efficient, as far as the emissions are concerned, that's reduced, you know, like it's in the 90s. That's crazy. That's crazy good for them. And, you know, they're they're thinking about it, I think, in my opinion, a lot more than we are in America. And, you know, we can learn a lot from their technology, um, all these other automotive manufacturer technologies when it, in regards to the EV technology and the hybrid technology. I mean, we're learning and making leaps and bounds every day. And I don't necessarily think that the combustion engine is going away anytime soon. And I would hate to see that too, because it would be really difficult for you to, you know, buy a fully electric vehicle like a Tesla and have it be conducive to your budget once they, you know, if, if the, if that comes down the line to where they, they outlaw the, the combustion gas engine and they have in some parts of the world, you know, you can't get a diesel engine, uh, in, in some places across the globe. Um, I know, I don't, I don't know specifically, but I know in Germany, they have some, some pretty specific things with, uh, combustion engines as far as diesels or gas. I can't remember which, um, it is, but, you know, again, getting back to the emission stuff, and, and this is 2,500 of these things running around London that can go 80 miles without having to turn an engine on. That's great. And then the and the the driver, the, the intended thing is, and I, I guess I'll get back to that, they, they set out on their morning journey and they drive their 80 miles, and while they're, they're, they got their light out and they're on lunch, the, they start the engine and charge the battery up. They don't have to plug in anywhere. It's really cool how they thought this all out. And, um, you know, and, the, and again, the vehicle's got all the safety features that any kind of luxury vehicle would have. It's got lane departure warning. It's got um, the, the braking, emergency braking if needed. So it's got all these uh, bells and whistles that a normal vehicle would have. And it's a taxi. So it's pretty cool how they've they've really done their homework on this and Geely and and the the London EV company has come up with these taxis and they fit right in and they they're they're really cool looking and I'd seen one really up close. It was parked on the side of the street as we walked by and I kind of stopped. Um I don't know, the driver thought it was kind of nuts cuz I was taking a taking a closer look at it but um it was it was really cool and I I kind of disappointed a little bit that we didn't get the opportunity to ride in one of those taxis cuz you know anywhere we went when we were in London we we walked and a lot of people walk and a lot of people take the public transportation of the tube and that's an experience in itself too so if if you get the opportunity to you know and you have the opportunity to go to England I highly recommend that you take it and if you're staying outside of London I do highly recommend that you take a trip at least for a day and check out London. There's so it's got so much to offer and there's so many different things out there and there's so many different people. And it's just a, to me, it was just literally a melting pot of, of people, um, Americans, you know, all kinds of different, 
uh, people, people from France and Spain. And there was Indian people there. There was people there from Dubai and it, it was just a, it was just an awesome trip. And I, I, I can't, I have like, I could talk to you probably for another hour and a half on all the things that we saw. We went to, we went to see the queen and we went to, we went to Windsor castle to see the queen and she didn't come out and greet us, but we were, we saw the, you know, the, the guards that aren't supposed to make a face when you, you know, you're making a face at them. They, they got to stay pretty steady. Um, and that's their job and it's very serious and they take it very seriously. And, um, you know, we went to a town called Bath and where the Roman baths are and it, just the, just the architecture of the buildings and, and the trip we took to Oxford and Canterbury. And then we went to Shakespeare's birthplace and we went through the home that he grew up in and lived in. And it, I mean, there's just so much, it's just dripping wet with history. If you're into that kind of thing and you want to see some sights and the rolling hills and we did take a trip out to Stonehenge. That was really cool too. So again, you know, great trip to London, got a lot of different vehicles out there, you know, that aren't sold in America. And then unfortunately that's, that's something that's a reality because they're, you know, my guess is, is they're trying to maybe keep them out of America. And, you know, some of these companies have, have the bonds with the, with the, you know, like the, have bonds with other companies and they're saying, well, we've already got Chrysler over here, so we don't need to bring over Citroen and Peugeot and Renault. We don't need to do that. We've got our, we've got our niche around Europe and we don't need to come over to America. America's you know, got all the, all that they need. And, and again, some of those, you know, some of those Peugeots, I, I you know, be quite honest with you, some of those were very, very nice. And the German cars, again, you know, it's similar to what you see here, but, you know, driver's side's on the right. So and that was that was an interesting thing, too. Didn't drive over there because, you know, terrified to be on the wrong side of the road and drive drive around the corner and go to the right, and, yeah, that would be not good. But, uh, yeah, the trip to London, just can't say enough about the rich history and so forth that's going on there. All right, that's going to do it for another episode of All Automotive. I'm your host, Matt Clausen. And coming up in my next episode, we're talking to Bobby Demel. She's the Executive Vice President at SeaTech. SeaTech is a leading global brand in the care and maintenance of vehicle batteries, trusted by 40 of the biggest and most prestigious vehicle manufacturers in the world. You'll hear our conversation and much more in our next episode. Again, Thanks for listening to All Automotive.